0: Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, April 21st. The, I actually have a favorite kid edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's 7, and Teddy, who's 5. And we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado.
1: My name is Jamila Lemieux. I'm a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is 9, and we live in Los Angeles, California.
2: I'm Zach Rosen. I make the Best Advice Show podcast. I live in Detroit with my family. My daughter Noah is four, and my son Ami is one.
0: Today on the show, if there's one universal rule of parenting, it's that you can't love one kid more, or at least can't admit it. Well, we have an interesting letter from a mom who just realized she likes one kid over the other. She's worried that this will continue, and she's wondering what she should do. Then on Slate Plus, picky eaters. We're going to give ourselves a few moments to vent and then talk about what strategies have worked to make mealtime less of a battle. Here's a sneak peek of what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus.
2: What are your favorite, like, Trojan horse meals? Like, the, the meals that are are healthy, but, like, they Ooh. don't know that they're healthy because they're so delicious. I mean, Naima's just eating straight up kale.
1: Yeah, like, the fact that she eats greens is wild to me because I didn't like greens until I was an adult.
0: If you want a weekly bonus segment from us and your other Slate favorites, consider signing up for Slate+. Plus. Not only will you get more content, but you'll never be bothered by a pesky ad, and you'll get unlimited access to the Slate website. To sign up now, go to slate.com slash momanddadplus. Again, that's slate.com slash momanddadplus. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll dive into our triumphs and fails of the week.
2: If you're new to our show, welcome. Whether you're a parent, educator, or just interested in this wild journey, we're so glad to have you. Here on Mom and Dad are Fighting, we share our parenting triumphs and fails, offer some advice, and share recommendations of things we love. We're here twice a week on Monday and Thursday, so subscribe to never miss an episode.
1: We're back
0: and moving on to some parenting stories. Jamila, what's going on in your world?
1: I am happy to report that we made it to Chicago for spring break. This was our first trip. Back since the beginning of the pandemic. So I hadn't seen most of my family and friends in over two years. It was really nice. You know, it was an emotional trip. Um, It's a triumph that we made it. I was sick and did not think that like the night before I was literally feeling awful. And just like, I don't know if I can sit through a four hour plane ride and maybe this is a bad idea. And, you know, I pulled it together and we went and we had a really nice time. And we saw, you know, some of my friends and some of my friend's kids and my parents and my sister and brother-in-law and my nephew and it was amazing the fail I think that I'm claiming is that I'm at a point in my life where I kind of resent how far away I live from most of my loved ones you know I left Chicago as soon as I graduated high school and never looked back and you know I keep moving further and further away and now I'm really mm. far and it you know, it was a great trip, but it was an emotional trip. Like, it was definitely hard for me to say goodbye and just, like, deal with the fact that I'm not usually able to, you know, see people in the way that I was able to see them during the trip. But, you know, nevertheless, it was a great time.
0: Do you have a hard time feeling, like, playing through your mind what it would be like if you were still there? I have that when I go to Atlanta. I I think a lot about Like, what would my life be like if I were here? Like, I would do these things with my family and friends all the time. Like, I get into that spiral.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, I can envision a social life to some extent, you know, and like, (laughs) how, how I would interact with my family, but professionally, I just don't really know, you know, what I would be doing. I mean, I could see that I could sort of see myself going back and becoming a school teacher. If I went back sooner, uh, I'd probably be teaching at my elementary school or something <laughs> like that. I don't know, I know that I would be very happy with that.
0: No, it's like, I, I find it so gratifying to be back, but I definitely relate with your like, it's like heartbreaking because you've moved away, but you also understand why you've moved away and you, but it's like hard when you're there because you're so much a part of that world while you're there.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: I hope you can go back soon. Well, Zach, what is up with you this week?
2: We have been celebrating uh, Pesach, the the Jewish holiday Passover, and it has been big time, family time. I'm recording right now from my brother-in-law's childhood bedroom. (laughs) That Larry Bird poster is not mine. I'm not responsible for it. And so this is really the converse situation of what you were just describing, um, Jamila, in that we do live close to a lot of family. And we're often talking about like, yeah, like it's amazing to be surrounded by family, but like we should head for greener pastures. So there's always, <laughs> you know, there, like like Elizabeth and I were talking about last week, there's always regret, yeah, you know, and there's always the, the grass is always greener situation. But um, the thing that I was going to talk about was just this brief moment. We were over at my sister's house. My cousins from Texas were in town other cousins from Chicago were in town and I grew up doing these Passover seders where oftentimes it, there would be like the kids table and the adults table. And like, this was the first time uh, that my kids were old enough to be at the kids table. Um, Even though like, I feel like I'm like 12, like I wait, I should be at the kids table. Right. It's like, nope, you are a grown person buddy. Um, and so my kids were like doing their own thing at the kids table and I'm over here with the adult. It was a very surreal moment. And then after dinner, my son, Ami, who's, you know, he's 18 months. So he actually sat with me during dinner, but, um, Noah, my older kid was, was at the kids table. Um, after dinner, Ami, who's very clingy to, to both, uh, Shira and I, I thought that he would just stay with us, but all the other kids, the older kids went down into my sister's basement and Shira, my wife took him down. And I thought like inevitably she'd come back up with him like a minute later because he wouldn't let her uh, leave her. But my cousin's kid, my first cousin once removed, she was able to get Ami to stay with her and like he stayed down in the basement for like an hour without us so all the adults were upstairs talking all the kids including my 18 month old my big boy um, was able to like stay downstairs with his cousin it was like you know this thing that I think we probably experience a lot where it's like oh this is so nice just to talk with the adults and have the kids not mess with us but then like of course my next thought is like oh he doesn't want to be with me anymore he's just happy (laughs) to to be with to be with his cousin. So it was bittersweet, but I was I was so proud of him. And and again, just this surreal thing of I'm at the adult table now. And my kids are at the kids table and <laughs> I just I just can't get over that. But it was really great to be with family.
0: How did Noah do with the three questions?
2: Oh thank you. Four. Four questions. Four questions.
0: Oh gosh, sorry. <laughs> no,
2: it's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> um she did so great. She sang them kind of she Shira sang them with her. Um but She she did really, really well.
0: That's Uh, amazing. It it was really fun. And how long are you you there?
2: My wife's siblings are still in town. We've just been camped out at her parents' house. So we'll probably stay here for another day or two and then go back to Detroit.
0: Nice. That's so nice. Yeah. Well, why both of you are (laughs) spending time with your families, my triumph (laughs) is that I'm taking some time for myself despite, like, all of the obstacles that are basically Teddy. I got my hair cut on Friday. Okay. Which I haven't done because of... Pa- like, I got it cut once or twice during the pandemic, but then, like, we moved and finding a new person, and then COVID, and then children. Um, and for me, I have very long, very thick hair. This is, like, not a short go-in-for-an-hour. This is, like, the bulk of my afternoon. Like, I go in at 1, and I'm not done until 5 or so. Are you serious? Um, yeah because i i get color put in and it's wow it's an all day 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 thing so it's like a big commitment like i have to make sure like can someone like really watch the kids or can jeff take a half day you know like those kind of things so i did that i joined a gym mainly because they have a pool and we can take the kids swimming and as it gets warmer we'll be able to take them after and i'm feeling better hopefully about covid numbers and how they're handling things so we're able to do that and i went to a yoga class with a mom friend Uh this morning turns out a bunch of my friends um belong to this gym and that was today tuesday we record on tuesdays that's the day everybody is in school and i tend to use those days for like errands and stuff and i just like jeff is so much better about using time for himself so that when he comes back He's like recharged, like he Mm -hmm. will add a run in after drop off or go like to the gym at work before he comes home, just like squeezing an extra 30 minutes so that when he comes home and I'm terrible at that. So I did that. And Jeff and I had a date night where we like went to Denver and we left all of the kids with my friend Michaela, because although we have a babysitter Who watches the kids sometimes, like, locally. The last time we left Teddy, he was a complete nightmare for her. Like, the kind where your babysitter who never calls you calls and is like, he's just, like, throwing a fit. I don't know what to do. I ended up calling a neighbor um, mom to come over (laughs) and, like, help get Teddy kind of under control because this teenager is not going to, like, bear hug my kid and just put Mm. him in. So, Michaela was like, let me watch the kids because I had thought about... um, just canceling. It was a, a violin concert in this Air and Space Museum in Denver. It was lovely. I've been looking forward to it to a, for a long time with Jeff. And she came over. Uh, Teddy was a complete nightmare. My friend oh, did no. not call me. And when I came home, I she was just like, it was fine. I took care of it. And you know what? I just accepted it. I didn't feel bad about it. I didn't I mean, I, you know, like gave her a bottle of wine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, that's I was like, oh my that's gosh, great. A girl's night. But I really have not had any like guilt about it cuz I was just like this is something Good. that Michaela was happy to do for me. I would happily do this for her anytime and I got mm-hmm. what I needed and it was great and um of course we're working on Teddy being less He just gets like angry when he gets overwhelmed and he likes me to do the bedtime routine and if it's not me he's you know upset and that's something we have to work on but I was I felt like the next day I was able to just be like hey you had a rough night you know what I mean like sometimes I absorb it so much that then I'm like frustrated with him the next morning even though like he's you know I was like how did things go with Michaela he's like great (laughs) We played. I went to sleep. It was like, yeah. He also ran around the house for like a half hour outside. He like went out the back door in his pajamas and was running around, tried to play basketball with the like eighteen year old neighbors at the basketball court behind their house. I mean, it was crazy, but we did it. I had a nice night. Good I for do you. Not feel bad about it. Good for you. Good. Meala's amazing. <laughs> I feel. You know. Yeah.
2: Shout so out to Michaela. Of... This is like this is the real. This is what real friends yes. do. Yeah. That's a real friend, yep. it's and a that's real so friend. important. To not take to not take that guilt on is such a big move. Mm-hmm. It's so important because you don't need to.
0: Yes, I don't need to. That's the thing. Like just realizing she does not care. It was like something when I got home, we just were able to laugh about.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <sighs> well, with that off my chest, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we will get into today's listener question.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
0: It's being read, as always, by the fabulous Shasha Leonard.
3: Dear Mom and Dad, I have two kids, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. They have completely opposite personalities. The older has been much needier, taking a lot more of my time and energy with demands for attention, help, etc. The younger is a much chiller baby, happy to sit back on the sidelines and observe the household goings-on. On paper, it would make sense that my easy baby, would outshine my more difficult and demanding child. But in practicality, the older one is clearly my favorite, despite the tantrums and the neediness. Maybe it's because I have less time for the one-year-old than I did for my first at this age. Or maybe it's because she demands less from me so I don't have to spend as much time attending to her. Or maybe it has a little to do with the circumstances of her birth, CBAC. Or maybe it's because she burns so much goodwill by being a truly terrible night sleeper but I just don't really like my one-year-old very much. At first I thought that it would change as she got older, and I got to know her personally more. But it hasn't, and I'm afraid these feelings are calcifying. If anything, I like her less now than I did six months ago. I'm warm and affectionate with her. I don't think she notices yet, but I don't want this to be an issue going forward. I'm full of guilt and completely heartsick over this. I want to change this as soon as possible. I'm looking for concrete, practical tasks I can do actively to try to like my one-year-old more. Advice, please. Signed, I don't want to have a favorite.
2: This is a heavy question, and I gotta say, I don't want to have a favorite. The fact that you are acknowledging it is huge. This is like one of those things that we could keep to ourselves, and I think it could calcify even more. So the fact that you're putting it out there is very important. And also, I don't know if you know this, but there was a study that said around 70% of moms surveyed named a child to whom they felt closest, and only 15% of children thought their mothers were equally close to all children. Mm. So, like, you're not a freak. And in fact, this is the norm, uh, which... Uh, it was very interesting.
0: I also was looking to see if there were any studies on this and found one that found that um, 74% of mothers and 70% of fathers exhibited preferential treatment towards one child over the other, um, and that was just in them observing behaviors of parents. Like, they went into homes, observed behaviors, and noticed this. So I agree. Like, the data is in, this is normal.
2: Yeah. And and so the the one practical thing that I would convey here... Is because it seems like you have this kind of routine of spending more time with the three year old because they demand it. And that's just going to um, perpetuate itself. And I think the really important thing is that you need to spend a lot of quality time, if possible, with your one year old also, even though they're less demanding, like one on one time with both of them, ideally, you know, an equal amount, but like good quality time with both of them is very important, I think.
1: You know, I wonder if there's a postpartum thing happening just because, you know, you have a one year old um, and I don't know if your baby's, you know, one is in 15 months or one is in just turned one. But you didn't give birth that long ago um, and you're having some challenges bonding with your baby. You know, um, it might be worth talking to someone. And this is always my advice for anyone who listens to or especially Mm -hmm. reads Karen Feeding. I send everyone to therapy. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that this would be a good thing for you to talk to a professional about because there are, you know, even though it is completely normal and most parents do it, there are still feelings of guilt you know, that you're managing about the way that you're kind of naturally inclined uh, toward one of your children as opposed to the other. And, you know, what you're feeling about this matters. Um, Also, it may help you to figure out just what those barriers uh, are for you in terms of bonding with this child. And it could be, you know, as simple as you said, this baby is less needy. You know, your time is otherwise occupied with the older sibling. And so you just don't have that bond yet. But I think that I would consider talking to somebody to try to see if there's something that you haven't been able to tap into that could be standing in between you and uh, bonding with your child. And the only other thing I would add to that is just to be really intentional, you know, about having quality time with your baby, you know, be intentional about having one on one time with this baby. Like, you have to figure out some time for the two of you to bond in which you're not going to be interrupted by your other child. Even if you'd rather be interrupted by your other child, you have to commit to creating space for the two of you all to get closer.
0: I completely agree with the the postpartum as well. Just even some of the language in the letter, mm-hmm. uh, I think, speaks to this feeling of, like, I I feel like I'm resenting this child. I feel like those, those are... um often markers of postpartum depression which you should not feel guilty about but you should use as as a avenue to say like okay I need to go talk to someone and and there are people out there that specialize in this as well I I really liked Jamila's advice about spending some one-on-one time with each child and I would suggest since your one-year-old is so easy try to do something that you really enjoy doing with them so like if you love to go on walks strap that kid into a stroller and take him Mm -hmm. on a walk like try to make that time you spend with your one-year-old something that you really love doing that you're capable of taking of doing with them even if it's like needs to be short um even if it it needs to be like an outing or just like taking them with you when you run this errand that you like to do because they're easy and you can do that and trying to a little bit like fake it till you make it sometimes does yep. work in in parenting like, like i i think it's really normal like i have 3 kids and at any given time one of them is my favorite um based on like the day it could be based on like just how things are going and there are ones that are more, go through more challenging phases that make it more difficult. Um, and I just try to make sure that even when I'm in that phase, that the rules are like equal, not in the sense that like you can't have them all be the same, but that like I'm not being harder on this child or and just really keeping that in check. I think talking to your friends and your partner about that are important so that they can help you as well. I also think it sounds like you may need to spend time away from both kids um, and just get some time to yourself as well, if you can manage that. Uh, because especially with those those little ones, they're really demanding on your physical ness. whereas a three-year-old, even if they need more from you, it's like they need so much less of your like body, like physically being on your body, being held, being picked up. And that can be really draining. So I think if you can find a way to like get space from everyone, but also spend some one-on-one time and do some really fun things that you like with your one-year-old, you know, your three-year-old may have a, a, a an opinion about what they want to do. Your one-year-old probably doesn't. As with many of these it's like it's your own guilt that's that's hurting you and and causing so much of this and I think the only way to deal with a lot of that is is going to be therapy or just like having a space in which you can talk about this openly without feeling the guilt about it and I mean Um, mom friends or a partner a great person for that like someone who's not going to be at all judgmental and just let you say like this kid is driving me nuts and here is why and just like venting out all those reasons because sometimes holding it in makes it feel worse as opposed to being able to just say like this kid you know like I can't take them pulling on me like we're up all night like just being able to list all that can be a release as well
2: and like anything you can do to just not make it clear to your kids That you have the favorite like vent all you want but kind of back to the fake until you make a thing just don't make it evident at all um which can be challenging because you know you at this moment remember parenting is all just a bunch of moments that pass quickly like it's not gonna always be like this but at this moment yeah you favor one kid but your younger kid just can't know that
0: the good news is that, one, they don't know much of anything. That's <laughs> it's true. like mostly meeting That's needs. True. And, That's true. And if you don't meet them all, if you meet them all with a fake smile, they're unlikely to know that smile is
2: fake. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I don't want to have a favorite. We hope this helped. Everyone else, if you have a question for us, email us at dot com. And that's it for our show. We'll be back in your feeds bright and early on Monday with an interview and some recommendations. Please subscribe to the show and give us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. It helps us grow this wonderful parenting community. If you'd like more community, be sure to join us on the Slate Parenting Facebook group. This episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Jasmine Ellis. For Zach Rosen and Jamila Lemieux, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening.